The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... Your sole companion with a potato for the head, uh, Eric Velasquez. <laughs> My pronouns are also he, him. <laughs> I wondered which way you were going to go with this one, but <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was the right answer for sure. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah, this week we're doing the movie just called Frankenstein from 73 or 4. Yeah, it's a television uh, movie. Yeah, um, and I think last week I said it was directed by Dan Curtis, but it was actually just only produced by him, not directed. But Dan Curtis is, you know, well known for, he did like um, Dark Shadows and, and, you know, he did a lot of like kind of TV horror during this time period. Yeah, this kind uh, of feels like a Dark Shadows episode to a degree. I mean, a really long one, mm-hmm. like one of their series. Yeah, yeah, it's it definitely feels like a play on television. Mm-hmm. You know, like that used to be a thing where it was like, you know, the CBS Playhouse Hour or whatever, and they would just do like a, you know, a play where they would just like put a camera in front of a stage play. And this has a little bit better in terms of sets, but not by much. No. It's it's pretty straightforward. Um, and I actually, I was thinking that I had seen this, and then when I sat down to watch it, like I ha- had not. And um, I was like, other than, you know, obviously the sort of like low budget quality to it. Otherwise, I thought the story here was really cool. I actually liked this a lot. Yeah, there's some changes to the uh, the Frankenstein formula, but it, 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 it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the better. I, I think so. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and get into it. All right. We start out and we're, you know, we get like Ingolstadt University, 1856. Ah, uh, good old Ingolstadt. <laughs> And um, Dr. Frankenstein is, like, presenting a paper, and you've got, like, a crowd of, like, other students and professors and stuff. Yeah, they're not happy about this paper. (laughs) They do (laughs) not like this paper. Yeah, everyone's, like, calling him a heretic and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then there's, like, one professor who's kind of, like, standing up for him, and he's like, I know some of this sounds kind of crazy, but that's how we move science forward, and we should hear him out. Like, this, this... papers winning awards like clearly there's something here that we should you know consider at least right our good old professor Waldman. Mm-hmm. yeah and um so he kind of like you get a little bit of what his his paper was which is that you know men should no longer have to succumb to death mm-hmm. but you know we get a lot of stuff where it's like frankenstein wants to make life like eternal basically you know that people shouldn't die unless you know by violence there shouldn't be like sickness and old age and stuff and I think this is really one of the first cases where he explains the leap from that to let's build something out of corpses, where he's like, 
that's the we have to create life first so we can figure out how to restore existing life right um which you know it's a simple leap but you've never actually heard him like kind of say that outright right not in the past now there is some uh some definite uh worry going on whenever they start talking about the race must find the strength but that's a little bit you know that's a little bit later when they're talking about breeding with super and becoming superhumans but mm. i mean it's like oh no we're going there oh oh no <laughs> yeah yeah when you get breeding mixed into the the frankenstein monsters it always feels a little uber minchy mm-hmm. well especially when you mentioned superhumans you you're just going yeah. there yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, so the, the uh, Waldman is, you know, he's like, I generally agree with what you're doing, but you need to take things slow. You need, you know, you need to earn the support of the people around you so that uh, you can kind of test your theories and, and, you know, things can kind of be examined a little bit more widely. Uh, right. It, you know, if you just rush through on your own, you're going to be kind of left by yourself and you're not going to get to really explore this in the way that you could if you had the scientific community on board with you right well not only that they're just going to outright reject everything if you just thrust it upon them right yeah at least that's what he's saying i I do appreciate though that they not only quote the book uh but they also uh quote paradise lost and uh did i request thee my maker from uh, from my clay and i'm like oh whoa okay that's pretty (laughs) cool like we're having a yeah uh we're already going into the Satan monologue kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That quote really kind of, it, it, it is a perfect sort of encapsulation of like the Frankenstein story in a way, mm-hmm. you know, like the creature wondering why he was created. Yeah. Well, in this case it's, you know, Frankenstein and yeah, but yeah. yeah. So then we get the title card. Yeah. And then we, we see, um, Frankenstein walking home and like he gets to the house and there's like a letter from Elizabeth sitting on his table uh, and he just he kind of glances at it but he just like goes straight upstairs and it, at first it was like oh you know he just got this letter today but as we go on a little bit you realize that that letter's been sitting there a while yeah and he's just we're gonna have a discussion about that one <laughs> yeah but uh hey there's this really weird guy in a cap and he's carrying this ball and he's at the top of the stairs <laughs> But as uh, as Frankenstein goes up there, he just kind of ducks away. What's up with that? That seems some sketchy behavior. <laughs> yeah, so he, like, strolls into the lab, and it turns out it's a surprise party. <laughs> hey! It's his two friends, Otto and uh, Hugo, the guys we've known about in all the other stories. <laughs> yeah, obviously they're made up for this, uh, for this uh, movie, but... Yeah, they're there to congratulate him on his winning his award. Yeah, and you know he's kind of like you know thankful for the for the celebration, but he's like, really, we should wait on celebrating until after we succeed with our experiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the paper is one thing, but what we really need is to accomplish our task, and and then we can really celebrate. Yeah, but it turns out that Hugo and Otto they're kind of apprehensive about going through with just reanimating this body. It's, <laughs> it's like they 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 find it blasphemous or something. Maybe yeah. it's not natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you know, the time to back out was before right. we stole all those corpses. <laughs> At this point, all we got to do is just, you know, there's a storm coming. We just plug the creature in, and we're good to go. Right. Like, By the way, that's the best. That's the best part. It's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this. And he's like, guys, we've already robbed like a number of graves. <laughs> if you had problems with this, you should have mentioned it. I don't know when we were digging up the first person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 
but they realize that, that like the storm is coming it's going to hit in the morning but they have the whole body ready except they still need a heart uh, so they're like, you know, we got to go out and get a heart. And so Otto and Hugo go out to rob one last grave. One, one more uh, job. Damn it. <laughs> it's every yeah. time. Uh, yeah. And so there's like a, a groundskeeper or something who hears them and just starts like firing at them. Uh, and, you know, in, in their attempts to escape, Hugo is hit. So they end up, they, he does manage to get back to the house. Hugo, you know, Otto kind of like helps him or whatever. Um, but they, and, they all know what's going on. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's kind of funny. Like Frankenstein is like, he kind of completely switches gears and he's like, all right, we got to save Hugo. We got to right. do whatever we can. We got to use the, our current scientific knowledge. You know, we got to call our friends, you know, we're, you know, we're in this medical community. Surely we can save, save him. And, you know, finally Hugo's just like, Dude, I am gonna die. Right. But I have this heart that is not damaged, and you can finally like accomplish your goal. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Like you know, usually Frankenstein is really portrayed as like totally single-minded, but uh, in this case, he like actually cares about his friend, and it's his friend who's like, "No, this is your chance." Yeah. So go ahead, take my heart, reanimate the creature with it. That way, I'll live on forever, right? Yeah. So yeah, as soon as he dies, you know, of course, then Frankenstein's like, "All right, yeah, let's let's get to it," um, and you know, he kind of starts doing the work, but is interrupted again, uh, this time by a carriage pulling up outside, containing his father, Elizabeth, and Henry Clerval. Right. And also, uh, this this actually this movie seems to make a change to Liz. Whereas uh, she kind of was a adopted Frankenstein, uh, she's actually apparently Henry's sister in this one because oh, she's credited okay. as Elizabeth Clerval. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice yeah. that. Yeah, did you know? Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense that it would be now that you say it. Like it would be a way to kind of streamline the story and not get into all the weird adoption plot and all right. of that. And yeah, and also the um, the closeness of Henry later on and um, her is less creepy and less well it, it goes back uh to the original like universal frankenstein where uh what was it victor victor moritz was kind of like bird dogging um <laughs> yeah. uh, henry frankenstein's uh, uh quail as it were <laughs> yeah so the, so this trio shows up and you know, obviously, Victor's not super excited about this. He wasn't expecting them. He's in the middle of his experiment. This is, like, the moment to do this. Well, Dad um, even, or Alphonse, uh, even looks at him and is like, Hey, why are you, you look like you've been sleeping in your work clothes. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, no, you know, I was working. I, I'm, in, I'm in the middle of something. And he's like, all right, cool. Let's, let's see it. Show us your work. And he's like... No, yeah, right. I it's not ready. I can't let you see that. So, like, yeah, they're just, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, this is generally just like his his family who cares about him and wants to make sure he's okay and spend some time with him. Like, they're not like, you know, nosy intruders or anything. But in his mind, they definitely are because he's, you know, got his, you know, his goals and his things he's needing to accomplish. Yeah, and he he ain't got no time for family or friends while he's uh, <laughs> trying to get things done, right? Yeah. And so he, he ends up going back upstairs, and that's when Elizabeth sees the uh, letter on the table and is Unopened. like, oh, 
Yeah, I sent this a while ago and told him we were coming. No wonder he was so surprised to see us. Yeah. It's just been sitting there. Yeah, and immediately she's like, hey, I wonder if he still even cares. And yeah. Yeah. So, hmm, that'll become a plot point later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, so upstairs, you know, uh, Victor and Otto are talking. They're They're discussing the experiment. They're discussing Hugo's death. Right. Um, and of course, Otto has a bad feeling about this. And we know what happens to the guy who has a bad feeling about things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they're going to cover uh, Hugo's body and say, hey, uh, whenever we were dispose of it, he fell in the mountains and he was lost. Right. Yeah. That's how we're going to. That's our cover story. <laughs> yeah. So then they, they get down to the experiment and, you know, it's the revival scene we know, you know, it's it's lightning and sparks and all kinds of spinning stuff. Did you notice, like, I, don't, I feel like this is the kind of thing that you would notice more than me, um, but, like, there's a shot of, like, a bunch of sparks and it's just, like, a wall of sort of, like, science gear. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, a maybe three-second shot and they just keep using that exact yep. same shot over and over and over yep. again. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Even late, like yep. they use it probably like five or six times in this scene, and then they're going to use it again near the end of the movie a couple of times. My God, <laughs> they only had so much to spend on that uh, transformer explosion, and they were going to milk it for all it was worth, and they yeah. do. But but not only that. So while they're prepping, like I couldn't catch what what uh, Victor was saying. He was like, "Hey, we got to make sure the electricity never goes beyond five. <laughs> And I'm like, what was that? Five what? Mil megawatts? What? Like, what? What? What was that last bit? And he just like mumbles that line out, the last bit of it. And I'm like, did he just forget what he was gonna say? And they just took the take. They just kept probably. It? Mm, okay. All right. Well, fair enough. But yeah, <laughs> the the sparking transformer. Uh, I definitely was like, okay, we're just repeating this thing. This is this is the. Uh, the um, column collapsing on the monster in the fiery house all over again. <laughs> and it's, it's the kind of thing, like, I might not have noticed it, except it's a, the way the sparks, it's like it sparks up at the top of the screen, and then there's this kind of, like, thing that kind of, like, falls down. It's like, it's almost like a firework falling down. And because it's this very specific motion happening over and over and over again, yeah. it, it becomes very clear. Yeah. <laughs> and every time it catches fire, yeah. It's like, okay. But, unfortunately, the monster doesn't wake up after this. Yeah, and it's like, you know, uh, Victor and Otto, are, they're disappointed. And, like, instantly, you know, Victor's like, okay, we can't fall into this, uh, this you know, pattern of trying this over and over again. Like, we gotta be done. Let's destroy the lab. We'll burn the notes. We'll burn the body. Uh, you know, we're just gonna get rid of everything and just go on about our lives like this never happened. Uh, and then they kind of leave the room to kind of discuss what they're going to do. And while they're out, out of the room, the creature finally wakes up. Dun, dun. Well, there's one more little bit of jolt of electricity that was just kind of stuck in that transformer, right? <laughs> and that's, yeah. what, that's what pushed him over the edge. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of walk back in the room then, and they see that the creature's kind of moving and twitching a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or Victor does. And then he calls Otto back in. Uh, and so they... You know, they kind of unstrap the creature, kind of set him up as he's starting to wake. By the way, um, I like as they as they're getting the monster up. The actor, uh, Bo Svensson, like he smirks <laughs> as they're getting. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. But all right, whatever. And it was it was funny that it was Bo Svensson because like just just like this past weekend, if you're listening to this as we air it, um, the last drive-in did Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, Bo Svensson is in that as like this like evil homophobic cop, and he's just like the worst. Like you just hate him so much. Right. And then him as the creature, he's just so pure and innocent. Like he's just it's it's he's wild how the different the two characters are. The most lovable monster I think we've dealt with. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I just want to hug him. He's so. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, as they kind of sit him up, like, they kind of realize that he's basically a giant baby, that yeah. he, they mention, you know, we know that he's got Hugo's heart, but they also mention that the brain came from a professor that they knew, uh, but it doesn't look like he's instantly just, ha- you know, having all of the professor's memories, um, so they're like, we're gonna have to teach him to walk, we're gonna have to teach him to respond, to, you know, they're doing all the sort of, like, tests on reflexes right, and yeah. stuff like that. And Make sure like, he can, yeah, he's, his eyes can focus on the finger as they move it forward and backwards. Yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, just a giant baby and so but he's he seems to be kind of learning quickly. They get him to stand up and they kind of like mimic walking and he follows along and learns to walk and you know, immediately uh, Otto is like, "We got to get Professor Waldman in here. Like he he needs to see this. This is amazing." Yeah. Uh and and Victor's like, "No, we got to we got to teach him first so that he's impressive. You know, right now we just have this weird giant baby, but if we have created a man who is like a fully functioning human that we built that's more impressive so let's just give it a little more time well not only going back to what you said about the brain that's dr leakman's brain right so Mm. dr leakman he was an astrologer astronomer i think uh so let's grab his telescope and let's see if he knows how to use it and (laughs) yes what does the monster do when he gets handed this really flimsy telescope well he crushes it (laughs) you're like well okay we're gonna have to work on that and that's really a good sort of like tease for the way things are going to go in this movie with with this monster and so we end up i think after that victor is like well i need to sort of appease my family and get them off my back so we can kind of continue with our work here so otto you keep an eye on the creature i'm gonna go i'll meet them at the hotel so that they don't come to the lab and you know i'll take them out to dinner and, and you know go to the opera. Uh, yeah yeah uh so he he leaves and Otto kind of continues to train and it's like the creature picks things up very quickly you know it's like you know Otto will show him something and then he'll be able to do it right away and they kind of go through this kind of part you kind of cut back and forth and you get Otto training Victor talking to the family you know he has a conversation with Elizabeth about you know dinner and that his experiment's almost complete and you know soon they'll be married and everything and then you know we go back to the lab where Otto is kind of trying to teach some words to the creature and he sort of he like mainly just i think auto uh and he, he is able to kind of say auto well um, more like atta <laughs> yeah 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 uh but he's getting there yeah yeah he's it's he's making quick progress i guess you know there's some kind of muscle memory or something there like it's you know when you have a baby they don't have any sort of context mm-hmm. but like yeah he it, this is more like somebody who's been in like a horrible accident or something and is relearning it almost and uh well you know hey we got this fancy ball here it'd be a shame (laughs) if we didn't at least try to teach the monster how to play ball (laughs) yeah you know let's do that and that's actually (laughs) one of the 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 nicest scenes i think we've seen is someone actually just having fun with the monster for a little bit but of course since the monster has the brain of a child more or less at this point uh when Otto's like, all right, we got to, we got to get, I got to get back to work. So you just got to sit over there and do your thing. Well, the monster's like, play, let's, <laughs> let's play some more. Yeah. And of course. Yeah. Otto and, 
and yeah, yeah, he ends up strangling Otto in in the process of trying. Like it's that's I think that's the thing that I really really connected to in this movie is like in the past we've had a lot of instances where you know you've got either a violent mm-hmm. assistant who's just cruel to the creature right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. We don't have that here. We've got Otto who's genuinely trying to teach him and you know be good to him. Um, and we also have like the creature being like violent without any really provocation. Right. And and here it's more like a mistake, you know, like it's it's like a child kind of throwing a tantrum, but you know, when the a child is bigger than you are, then right. like and that stronger. poses a risk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it just literally hugs him to death. Yeah. Then, you know, Victor comes home and finds that Otto is dead and that the creature is like sitting next to him still trying to get him to play like he doesn't understand death you know he's got the ball and he's like play Otta you know and Otto's just you know dead on the floor mm-hmm. and here we get Victor he like gets out a pistol and like he you know is like I have to kill this creature you know he's dangerous yeah we have some serious George and Lenny vibes uh... <laughs> I wrote I wrote of Mice and Men too right like, yeah he he like gets he takes the creature over to the window and he's like look out the window right. look at the light you don't know don't look, look at me while I'm getting ready to shoot you please <laughs> yeah um and it, it, you know if like it feels like in this moment like if he had killed the creature there would be sort of a decent reason mm-hmm. but at the same time he can't bring himself to do it you know he's like I made this creature and like I need to make things right like yeah. he doesn't know what he did he doesn't deserve to be punished for this. Uh, what he needs and deserves is, you know, to be cared for and educated and, you know, allowed to learn and grow. Right. And even to uh, a point, though, he, he this he's kind of indulging in the sunk cost fallacy in that this creature effectively cost me a lot of time and a couple friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, like we, we run into this a lot in these movies where, like, as soon as the creature comes to life, Victor immediately just regrets it and just like hates the creature for being ugly or for being, you know, not perfect. And here we really have like a doctor who actually is like, no, I'm going to work with this creature. I'm going to make this right. And, uh, you know, he doesn't just immediately give up on, on his, uh, his goals, you know, which seems more like what would actually happen than what we usually see in these movies. I definitely agree with that. I do like that fact that he's like, no, no, I'm going to work with you, but that also makes it more of a tragedy uh, Mm -hmm. in the end. And that, that's, that's the best part of this movie is that Victor Frankenstein and the monster, they're, they're trying to come to terms, but they just can't get there. Yeah. Yeah. So in fact, like then it's like Victor is like, he, you know, he's, he straps the creature down to the table so that he's like, safe and secure because he knows he has to figure out what to do with Otto. You know, like, they were already discussing what to do with Hugo, and now we've got another corpse. Um, so he, he ends up doing this whole, like, elaborate scheme where he, like, he wraps up the body, he takes the corpse to Otto's apartment. Well, of course, as he's leaving, the monster's like, hey, come back here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's a, it's a you know it's more tragedy where it's like he can't. It's like when you leave your pet, you right. know, and you have to be like, "I'll be home soon, be good," and like the the pet doesn't know, and that's what's going on here. The creature's just like, "Don't abandon me, like I I, I need you." And, and also the pet is six hundred pounds and about uh, eight feet tall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
yeah, so so Victor gets Otto's body to his apartment. He gets seen by a couple people in the hallway carrying this long wrapped up thing. Yeah, nobody asks any like, questions. Yeah, I thought that was going to come back to bite him, but it doesn't. Like nobody ever mentions anything, mm-hmm. and he ultimately he just like pushes Otto's body out the window and pro- so that he'll and he possesses the the telescope right beside it by the open window. <laughs> it's like ah yes, he was staring out the window. And uh, uh, he was staring at the stars and fell out the window, which that's literally <laughs> what he goes with. Yeah, and somehow that actually works and nobody pursues that at all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, yeah, then when he gets so, you know, Victor goes back to the lab and finds that while he's been gone, you know, the creature, not knowing what's going on, manages to break out of the straps mm-hmm. and, you know, wander out into the streets looking for him. And meanwhile, Victor's family arrives back at his his house and they're, you know, wanting to visit and stuff. And he's like trying to get them to go away. And he's like, actually, not only are we not going away, but we have sublet <laughs> right. uh, a villa down the road and we're going to be staying four months. Yeah, I met, uh, met an old friend, uh, Alphonse says. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to stay here until you decide to come home with us. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah, and you can see Victor just being like, fuck. Right. <laughs> that was, uh, by the way, uh, the actor who played Frankenstein in this is uh, Robert Foxworth. By the way, he's in a lot of uh, other movies if you want to check out his uh, his filmography. But man, he 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 has the the greatest fuck me face. Like, <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so um, uh, you know, Alphonse is like, what is you know, what's your deal? Like you you know, you didn't open Elizabeth's letter. You didn't. You weren't expecting us. You've been really aloof since we've been here and avoiding us. And you know, Victor's like, my friend just died. Yeah. Like <laughs> Otto Roger. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's when he just Um, blurts out. Yeah, he was staring out the window and just with his telescope and just fell out. Okay. Yeah. Dad doesn't say, uh, that's weird. How did, okay. Sure. And so then, like, you know, Victor finds out that Elizabeth's outside kind of wandering around and he's like, you know, uh uh-oh, you know, the the creature's out there somewhere. Oh, you forgot the good news, the even better news, the the stuff that uh, Victor's really happy about. That we've sent for young William and his governess, which I don't think we ever see the governess. But yeah, but William's coming. Your younger of brother, of course. Yeah, let's bring because we the need family. more people in this mix. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring the entire family here. That way, we can basically uh, emotionally blackmail you into going home. Yeah, but yeah. So Victor, you know, goes out and finds Elizabeth, and you know she's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, brings her back inside. Meanwhile, the creature has kind of wandered way out into the woods. And he just finds, like, a campfire that no one is around. <laughs> like, somebody just left a campfire burning and wandered off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which works out for him because he's, get, you know, able to warm up. But, you know, and, you know, here we kind of get, like, a variation of, like, the fire bad thing where, like, you know, he's, you know, enjoying the warmth of the fire and tries to, like, touch a hot stone and burns himself mm-hmm. uh, and kind of discovers what pain is for the first time. Uh, and then we kind of just cut to him, like, huddled underneath, like, an overhang as it's, like, raining. And, like, he goes to sleep and wakes up. And, you know, it's just, he's, you know, he's just, like, away from civilization at this point. Which is probably, at this moment, the best thing for him if he can't, you know, be under, you know, Victor's roof. Right. Uh, and, of course, the birds uh, are chirping, the sun's shining. This, this is nothing but blue skies for our monster <laughs> friend from now on, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And so he actually comes upon a, a singing bird that's like sitting in a nest. Like a live and, bird, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> plucks it out and starts poking it in the head a couple times. Yeah, he's like kind of. Uh, yeah, I think he's trying to pet it, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a little bit uh, you know aggressive, <laughs> right. and suddenly the bird is silent because yeah. you know he's killed the bird. Now, of course, I don't uh, think they actually killed the bird, but hopefully, jeez, out of miserable. Yeah, uh, but he he this time he realizes what's happened, and you know he says Ata like he realizes what I did to Otto, I've done to this bird now. Yeah, I've I've, I've ended its life effectively. Yeah. Yep. Well, of course, the um, next day we have William playing with with his ball and and Victor. Yeah, and it's like this kind of like scene kind of cut up in a way where I was like a little confused. It's like, yeah, uh, Victor's playing with with William, and he's like, "Go on out and play with with the others." And then we just cut to like three boys playing catch, and I think William's one of them, but it's kind of it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, like the ball kind of like gets away from them, you know, as as it happens, and. Uh, it kind of rolls up to the creature, and he picks it up and is like, play? And, you know, of course, the kids see this giant monster mm-hmm. and, you know, get scared and run away. Yeah, because he's a big, big guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very intimidating. Um, but, like, it's it's unfortunate because, like, assuming that William is one of these kids, if he had told Victor what happened, things might have played out differently from here. Right. Uh, but, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. No. And we, we get Henry and Elizabeth talking, and Elizabeth's like, Henry, you know, you need to talk to Victor. Like, you could be the one who can, like, get this straightened out and, like, find out what's going on and, and you know, convince him to, you know, come back into the fold, basically. Yeah. And this is where uh, Henry basically says, I can't refuse anything you ask of me, Elizabeth, so I'll do that. Yeah. So here, you know, again, with, like, the possibility that he's the, that they're, siblings like you know he's caring for his sister or he's like caring for this dear friend that he maybe has you know stronger feelings for but either way he's yeah he's eager to help her out so then we cut away to the creature again who's you know continuing to just kind of like wander uh he sees some men who are like huddled under like a sort of little lean-to yep and And, they see yeah they see a giant man and sort of like attack him I, like, I love that is... that's their first reaction with instead of hey man what are you doing over there <laughs> no it's hey let's grab our stick and swing it at this random dude <laughs> yeah who's clearly much more imposing than we are <laughs> yeah uh and he kind of you know he fights back as as you would yeah and he disarms uh, a guy like no he literally <laughs> rips a guy's arm off yeah <laughs> Uh, and you know, then like just kind of keeps moving. Like he just kind of wanders, wanders away from them and ends up finding a small farmhouse, you know, and this is, this is the farmhouse that we get in, you know, Bride of Frankenstein and, you know, within the book and everything like, uh, we, we've definitely been here before, but in this case, it's kind of a reverse because you've got, it's not a blind old man. No, no, no. It's a blind young pretty lady. Yeah. Yeah, you got a blind girl, and, and, like, we can tell she's blind right away, but, you know, I don't think the creature kind of clocks that immediately. Yeah. She's staring uh, off he's definitely, the distance. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely curious about her, but then, like, uh, an old man starts to approach, and he sort of, you know, is wary of, you know, strangers, and so he kind of, the creature goes and sort of hides. Uh, it's it's sort of the, the pig pen kind of, or pigs, but in this case, it looks more like a cellar, but it's kind of, like, next to the house. Yeah, it's like a... Uh a shed that's attached to the house that no one really knows about 
but the, <laughs> but also the slots are big enough that everyone can see back and forth. But I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't noticed the the other people in the house don't notice them when they when they enter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we find out that the the girl's name is Agatha, and um, her brother Felix. I think yeah, yes, Felix, Felix is is about to arrive uh, with his fiance and so like the whole family is sort of planning for this upcoming wedding right now one, uh, I, I i they really don't tell you her name from what i gather at this moment it will come later but i think that her name is sassy yeah i thought uh, it or like saffy with a like an f I, I'm not, yeah but it's it's something like that and you yeah, know Saffy's you do sort right. of you do sort of have this character in the book as well I, in the book i feel like she's meant to be sort of like either like Middle Eastern or like Asian in some way. Like, right. you know, they talk about her speaking like a foreign language and stuff. Like, I think she might be like, you know, with this being sort of England and stuff, I kind of thought maybe like India, mm-hmm. but in this case, she's Spanish, Spanish. Yeah. Uh, Spanish or Mexican. Like she's, she's speaking Spanish and um, yeah, yeah. So like over the course of this, you know, you'll get where like, you know, Agatha kind of is trying to teach her more English and which allows the creature to kind of try to learn English through the wall uh, which you know is is similar to what we see in the book, um, and you know I th- like this. I think at the time this came out, this was sort of like everyone was kind of praising it for being like the most faithful to the book adaptation uh, yeah, up to time. that point. Mm-hmm. And it you know it does you know like obviously stuff like this is very much like the book, but you know we lose the whole like Arctic wraparound scenes and stuff. Um, but like I feel like where this diverts from the book, I re- like I kind of really like more what it's doing than than the book. Yeah, uh, which is maybe a little blasphemous, but like, you know, uh, it, it yeah I don't know it, emotionally it, it's a lot more resonant for me. Mm-hmm. I'll have um, to say and, that. <laughs> and here while while the creature's in his shed is where we meet his his only friend the the potato <laughs> stick man that that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, we got Frankenstein, he's talking, or the creature, mm-hmm. talking to his, his stick doll. And then we see that Victor and Elizabeth are also planning their wedding. So we kind of have, like, two sort of wedding planning, yeah. uh, you know, instances happening simultaneously in different parts of the, the area. But this is also where the monster learns that because Agatha wants to be Safi's friend, he learns, hey, maybe I need a friend. And, yeah, of course, that's where he picks up the potato-headed stick guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So while Victor and Elizabeth are talking about their wedding, Henry shows up and he's like, I was just down at the pub and I heard a story about a giant who attacked a bunch of shepherds up on the mountain. And like instantly, like Victor goes from like done with his past and ready to move forward with the wedding to completely flipping back to the old ways. And he's just like, he's angry at Henry. Like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? Why did nobody come to me? And, you know, everybody's like, why would we have come to yeah, you with we this just weird... Learned, we just learned about this, man. <laughs> yeah. And nobody has any reason to think you'd be interested in a story about a giant attacking some shepherds. That has nothing to do with what we know about your life, as, you know, because he's kept this part of him, you know, his whole story secret, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, he's instantly, like, he heads out of the house. He's like, I got to find out more. I've got to try to track the creature down. Yeah. And that's where we go back to the fiance, uh, Safi, learning that her mom's going to be coming now. And they can finally, her and Felix can finally be married. 
Yeah. So, like, the family all leaves to, I guess, go get Safi's family, mm-hmm. uh, go pick them up or whatever, and the creature takes this opportunity. The house is empty, uh, and he's been watching it through the walls this whole time, but, like, he, he decides, he, like, you know, goes over into the main house and, you yeah. know, kind of just walks around and looks at, like, this world of this happy family that he's experienced from the outside. And, and now this he's... is literally the most adorable scene of of any monster we've ever seen because he is practicing talking to the family that's not there. Yeah, like, it's it is heartbreaking how sweet he is. Yeah. And like he even like he says something like um thank you I- I'm too nervous to sit. Is is <laughs> nervous the right word? I- I'm not used to being around people and it's just like oh man, like I like I definitely was like tearing up watching this cuz it was just yeah, it, it, like if you're the kind of person who like is drawn to these movies for the reasons that I am, like feeling this like kinship with the monster in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. like this is me like practicing conversations yeah. before I'm around people because I don't know how to talk to people well, and I'm nervous all the time I and it's like just like yes, that's the neurodivergent thing, right? You know, yeah. Like, all right, before I have this interaction, let me con- let me let me try to figure out every way this can go wrong. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah and like uh, you know that's one of those things that i've always done and like finding out that like oh it's it's an autistic trait to practice conversations over and over again before you're around a person and yeah. it's like yeah here he is doing this and it, it yeah it, it definitely hit close to home for me mm-hmm. well of course uh, it doesn't end well exactly well because yeah. the monster sees a uh, his own image and he realizes that's him well he sees his hand first he's like oh there's somebody else here with me okay uh who are you how are you doing and he's like no that's that's my hand okay so Mm -hmm. he looks at it and realizes oh no i'm ugly so yeah he 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 figures out that he's you know repulsive to himself so he does what anyone would do and breaks that damn mirror yeah and um also you know we talked about this with the mary shelley frankenstein that like we saw the stitches kind of like disappear as the movie went on and i feel like this kind of happens too like he has a lot of stitches right across like the bridge of his nose like the character design here is you know i mean it's a large man covered in stitches but like the it's they're kind of placed differently than you're used to seeing and uh but like yeah over time you you see the stitches go away and the scars kind of you know remain yeah but yeah, yeah, obviously he sees why people maybe have been unkind to him this whole time. That like he sees that he is kind of a, a you know, he's a frightening figure. Yeah. And then we, we end up from, after he breaks the mirror, we cut back to Victor and Henry talking. And Henry's like, "What? something, you're hiding something. Like clearly you have another life that we don't know about. Now, and if you. Henry says something really weird here. It's happening again. What does he know about? Yeah, I, I don't know. The, yeah, I don't know if there's like... I feel like there's maybe maybe there was a part cut out at the beginning where Frankenstein was like dissecting animals mm, and then yeah. trying to bring them back. Maybe it slightly worked, but it's like weird that Henry knows stuff he shouldn't know Yeah, at certain points. And he ultimately is like, if you let me in on what's going on, I, I can help. help. Mm-hmm. And Victor goes through this whole like convoluted thing where he's like, let me tell you a story. Yeah. A totally fictional story about a man with a violent brother and the man's trying to help the brother, but he doesn't know where he is. And, you know, he goes this whole thing and yeah. Henry's like, what are you talking about? Well, he, he mentions that the brother also has the mind of a child. So basically he he's like, I'm writing a story. So he was preparing to write uh, of mice and men before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah he, yeah he's like i'm writing a book yeah and henry's like you're writing a book like, that, that doesn't set, sound like you at all i'm going to set it in america in uh within about 50 to 60 years from now <laughs> it's speculative fiction yeah. about the the far future of dust bowl america <laughs> what's the dust bowl uh something that'll happen maybe i don't know all right anyway <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So then we end up back at the at the house, and you know the creature has moved back into the shed. The family has all returned, and he gets to watch the wedding mm-hmm. through the wall. Uh, and you know he sees everybody celebrating and dancing, and there's music. And he kind of like he's talking to himself, and he's considering like maybe I should go over there. Like yeah. maybe I should try to make friends. I'm I'm still nervous, but there's all these people here. Like maybe this crowd is is a safe place where I can kind of like make my way in and sort of meet people. In this sort of celebratory state. He's definitely enjoying the vibe and he wants to be part of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's uh, another thing. All right. So prepare for some ableist bullshit uh, because this is one yeah. one beef I had with this movie was that uh, Agatha then wants to dance with her brother Felix, right? And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, she's blind. We have to be more careful. Well, somehow she trips or falls or stumbles and then the energy just goes out of the room. And, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, oh, are you okay, Agatha? Are you okay? But, you know, obviously she tripped, she fell, she's a little embarrassed. She goes outside, and this is some grade-A bullshit in that she talks to her dad, and she's like, yeah, I know I'm never going to be able to, you know, to dance or have friends or get married or live a long and fulfilling life because I'm blind. Yeah. <laughs> what? Get out of here. <laughs> she yeah. can dance just fine as long as they take it slow and just watch out. Yeah. And she can have friends and she can get married. Bah! Poppycock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, like, at least all of that came from her and not from someone else yeah. telling her that yeah. that was the way things are. Because I understand that sometimes if you are afflicted with something, you might, you know, you have those dark moments where you're just like, I wish my life was like the normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, at the same time, it's like, you don't, you know, you want her to have that fulfilling life and you don't want her to tell the world that that's all that blind people can expect. Yeah, because it's not. I mean, obviously. Yeah. 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 Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, in the 1800s, it ain't easy for for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, things can still happen. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but so, the, the you know, we do get where, like, the creature overhears this and he's like, oh, you know, she's different like I am and you know she can't see so she wouldn't be able to see that I'm ugly to to the normal eye and also she thinks that she's not able to, to make friends and I feel the same way so maybe I'm gonna shoot we my can shot. use yeah yeah maybe this is the opportunity where like our problems can maybe join you know sometimes that's that's like a really special thing when you have people who have like different strengths and weaknesses and you can kind of come together and you know i'll help you with your thing and you help me with my thing and so uh, yeah this this seems like the perfect opportunity and it actually starts to kind of work you know like the next day everybody else is gone by the way agatha Agatha. starts off the scene dancing (laughs) which which (laughs) just irritated me even more yeah so okay yeah because no she's you know no one's there she can yeah she can dance and not feel like people are judging the way she's she's moving or whatever right. so maybe that was yeah. the intention but I, I read it wrong it's possible <laughs> but you know the creature sees this opportunity so he knocks on the door and uh you know she's like who's there and he says a friend you do not yet know right 
So, you know, she lets him in and, you know, he ends, he kind of tells her that he's like a lost traveler uh, and that, you know, he just kind of needs a place to stay for the night and that maybe he can help her around the house. Yeah, and she's like, um, all right, grab that bucket full of water and uh, bring it over here. And he, he picks uh, it up and just puts it on this little latch and she's like, wait a second, I didn't tell you where to put it. How did you know? <laughs> and he's like, it just seemed like the right place. Yeah. I haven't been watching you for months. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know everything about the family. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, so she kind of talks to, you know, she tells about her life experience as a blind woman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, sometimes I wish that the whole world was blind so that we could all be equal. You know, and there wouldn't be any judgment. So yeah. he's kind of trying to make her feel better about her situation but also to be like you know you actually are a more open and judgment-free person because of this and that maybe other people could benefit from looking at the world the way you do yeah but of course you know as all things do uh we get something that scares the monster in this case being uh some thunder and lightning and uh i do like i do like what he says because normally like some people think you know hey lightning is a wondrous beautiful natural phenomenon but for him it's it's bright, scary, and ugly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an interesting take. Also, maybe kind of a speaking to his inner darkness in that he he's afraid of the light. I may be yeah. reading too much into that, but you know, or it's just big, scary, and <laughs> if it hits you, it'll kill you. It's interesting because lightning is something that is often you know wrapped up in the Frankenstein story because it's what gives him life. You know, so. Th- uh, like you'll often hear people say that like Frank or that lightning was the creature's mother, you know, in a way. And so it's interesting that he's afraid of it. He's not drawn to it. Though. You know, I think it's in like Son of Frankenstein or Ghost of Frankenstein where like he wants to continue to be struck by lightning. That's how he yeah. kind of gets recharged. Uh, and in, in this case, it, it you know, it, he's like repelled by it. But, like, as they're kind of talking about that, she wants to see him, you know, as, as you get this scene a lot with, with blind characters or, you know, blind people in real life as well. Like, yeah. you know, she wants to touch his face to kind of, like, understand who he is. Yeah, he's not ready uh, for that. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, so she, he kind of flinches away and, you know, she kind of takes that in stride. She doesn't, like, push or anything. But she's a little um, pushy in this case. Because she's like, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to see you. I'm going to touch all over your face. Come here. Uh, And they have a conversation about like what happiness is. Mm -hmm. uh, And, you know, he's 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 never felt happiness. He's never experienced it. And she's like, well, you know, maybe when my family gets home, uh, I can talk to them and you can stay with us and be sort of a part of the family. You can help us around the farm like you're clearly capable. And, you know, obviously he's nervous because like he's got this safety net of her being blind that the rest of the family obviously is not. But, you know, he kind of is like, well, you know, I trust you. And if you think it will work, like, let's, you know, maybe maybe we can try this. But then that's when, you know, she she does. She touches his hands. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're hurt. Yeah. And that's where he admits, like, I'm ugly. Like, men hate me because I am wretched. Yeah. And she's like, poppycock. Let me touch that big old fist of yours. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, again, this kind of is a reversal where, like, you know, she's kind of talking down about her blindness and he's like no that that's not a weakness that's that's who you are and you know you are using it for the better and you know she kind of flips that where now he's uncomfortable with his difference Mm -hmm. and she's like no you know that's who you are and it's okay but at that moment the family family arrives yep yeah and And they see them like yeah well yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, they're like, you know, they're close and she's got his, you know, they're like holding each other's wrists and stuff. And it looks like something violent may be happening. And so or at instantly least something, something sketchy, right? Yeah. So, you know, instantly the family sort of like tries to, to protect her. They attack the creature. Yeah. Felix and, grabs a double headed axe and goes 
goes for the monster or the creature. Yeah, but like it actually, you know, it's the best way that this could happen. Like the creature kind of backs off. Yeah. They grab Agatha and leave. Like they're not going to try to kill him. They're not going to fight. Like they're going to just get away from this danger. Well, that's after the monster slams Felix up against the wall. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. you're going to take a seat, buddy. So they leave and the family ends up, they go to the nearest doctor who well, is Victor Frankenstein. And the monster uh, decides, you know, he's pissed. So he tears up the house. Yeah, he, he yeah. He's this massive frying pan down and starts beating everything in his vicinity. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, in some versions of this, like, he, like, burns the house down. But in this case, he just, like, you know, he's hurt and, like, sad that he's lost this opportunity and he smashes some stuff. Yeah. Which, yeah, is, is definitely understandable. A little cathartic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah, across town, we get the whole family showing up at Victor's house. Right. Uh, hey, Dr. Frankenstein, you know, we have something for you. It's this guy. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, you know, Felix is just like, this guy threw me up against a wall. I just want to check out, you know, make sure I'm okay. He's a giant Um, and a (laughs) madman. And, you know, Victor's immediately like, you're you're good. You're fine. You'll be cool. uh, But I got to (laughs) go. Yeah. Where did you say he was? Uh, I need to know right now. All right. Cool. So, yeah, he takes off into the woods and is, you know, looking for the creature. And this part kind of like, I kind of had to catch up with what happened later because it's like Victor hears a noise and he just like, yeah, just shoots at the camera. Yeah. (laughs) And then we like cut back to like the villa where Victor's family is all staying. And like Elizabeth is like tucking William into bed. And he's like, I hate it here. I want to go back home to Geneva. And she's like, yeah, I do too. What we need to do is... Basically, if we gang up on yeah. Victor, Let's we'll take turns every other him. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get him tonight. I'll get him tomorrow. We'll just kind of go back and forth, and yep. eventually we'll guilt him into going home. Gosh. But, of course, she sets the ball uh, down beside William. And I, I, I'm just going to say this right now. If you see that ball, you know somebody who's near that ball is going to die. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's basically uh, uh, Chekhov's ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so as soon as, you know, she tucks him in, he's going to go to bed, she leaves, and instantly he's like, all right, I'm going to sneak out right. and play I'm with this ball. I'm going to bust out my nice little shoes, and we're going to go play ball in the middle of the night <laughs> by myself. <laughs> and, of course, you know, as you would expect, the creature stumbles upon him. Mm-hmm. And we have this scene again that's like, it's actually, it sort of goes okay at first, where, like, William's not afraid of the creature. And he sees that the creature is injured, and at first I thought it was just, like, the scars. But, no, the creature is bleeding because he was, he shot, was shot. Yeah, that we didn't yeah. know or we didn't see him go, ow, I got shot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, William's like, it's okay. I'm used to the sight of blood. You know, my, my brother is a doctor. Yeah. We can help you. Yeah, he's Frank, um, Victor Frankenstein. You might know him. <laughs> but the creature doesn't know him because it, here we, like, you know, it's kind of like you don't really remember your first year or two of life. You know, you don't remember being a baby. Mm-hmm. And the creature doesn't remember the stuff that happened at the house. You know, like, he doesn't remember Otto or, or Victor or anything at this point. Yeah. But, you know, William's like, let me let me get my sister or my, you know, we'll get Elizabeth. She'll help. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. just starts yelling, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Now, I'm and putting all this on like, Will. This is Will's fault that everything happens from from this point on. Because he's like, no, do not call Liz or Elizabeth. Yeah. Do not. Yeah, and the creature's calm. He's like, don't, no, no I don't want that. Like, right. let's just, just be quiet. Just chill. And William won't listen. Right, and the creature all. tries to quiet him down. And he goes 
similar to the situation with the bird. Like he tries to, uh, yeah. So he ends up, you know, the the monster is successful in quieting William. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, so again, like we have like the, the monster has caused a couple of deaths at this point, I guess three counting the bird Mm -hmm. or no, I I guess those, the fishermen were okay. They just were injured. Yeah. one Um, But like, yeah, but every time it's either been somebody has directly attacked him or, it's been like a case of like, I don't know my own strength yeah. and I'm, I'm, you know, just like, you know, the telescope, you know, he crushes the telescope, he crushes the bird, he crushes William. Like, it's just, he doesn't mean to, it just, auto, you yeah. know, yeah. So he starts crying. Like he, he knows what's happened. Like he, he realizes what he's done and it's not what he wanted to happen, you know? So he, he is upset by this. Meanwhile, then we get Elizabeth and Henry discussing Victor further you know they're still not really sure what's going on with him but then victor shows up and henry's like all right i'll leave you all to it i know know you got some stuff to talk about let me i'm just gonna see my way out and victor and elizabeth decide to like go for a walk and discuss his erratic behavior and like you know going from wanting to do the wedding to rushing out and all that so but before they can get too far into this conversation they find william and he he's in a fountain, so I'm not really sure what the if the creature was trying to cover his tracks, or I, I don't really know how he ended up in the fountain. Right, but they automatically uh, assume, hey, somehow he got out here and drowned. Yeah, but pretty quickly, like they get him inside, and Victor's like, oh no, his neck is broken. Yeah. Like that's he he didn't drown. Yeah, and of course, Dad's there, so he has to explain. Yeah, um, somebody killed uh, my brother, your son, and uh, yeah, they broke his neck. Yeah, and he kind of like impl- like he implies that he knows who it was, but that he's not going to tell them, which is a, a strange thing to acknowledge at this point. Yeah, that's, um, that's like, hey, I got a hit out on me, but don't worry about it. <laughs> They're going yeah. for every member of my family, but you guys are fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then we cut away to a cave where the creature is, and he's trying to kind of deal with what he's done. You know, yeah, he's yeah. like sort of monologuing. He's begging for and he's forgiveness. Just like, like, yeah, yeah. It's almost like a prayer in a way. Yeah. Like, he's like, you know, I, I didn't mean to hurt the boy. You know, I didn't hate him. The other one, I hate him. The one that shot me and made me bleed. I don't know who he is, but if I find him, I'll kill him. So this is the first instance where he's like, he is ready to commit violence on purpose because there's somebody out there who seems to want the same for him. Yeah. It's because of this man that all, you know, some bad things have happened to me. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, Victor ends up going back out and looking for the creature. And he brings Henry with him. Yeah. And so finally, like, you know, Henry and Victor are talking and, you know, Henry's like, so you know who did this, right? And Victor kind of like, he's wishy-washy about it, but he sort of like, you know, acknowledges that like, yeah, he, he, he has an idea of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Then they end up sort of like in this crypt area. Yeah, it's like an old abandoned church and like Victor finds his way into like the undercroft of the old church. Yeah. And the creature just happens to be there as well. And um, so like that, that scene where Victor shot him, like we didn't really get to see the creature side of it. But uh, he he seems to have seen Victor in that moment because he's like, who are you? Why? You know, why do you hunt me? And, you know, he's like, I'm Victor Frankenstein. You know, tonight you killed my brother. Why did you do this? Like, I I don't understand. And this is kind of like the ice cave scene in a way, but it's it's different, you know, because it's whereas, you know, in that you had Victor just abandoning the creature for no reason. Here it's like almost like just crossed wires, like misconnections over and over again. Uh, And the creature's like, you know, I'm sorry, I did not want to hurt him. Why did you shoot me? You know, like, why are we hurting each other accidentally over and over again? Right. And at this point, like, 
Frankenstein and the monster are like, or Frankenstein's like, listen, I'm gonna patch up your your wound and we're 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 gonna sort this out. You didn't mean to do the things. We'll we'll be fine. We'll be we'll be all right. And he even he's like, so I, I'm gonna fix your wound, but it's gonna hurt. Like this is gonna be painful at first. And the creature says, I have all the hurt in the world inside me already. You can't give me any more. Right. Which, Which yeah, like that's just <laughs> yeah. But of course, you know they're they're going they're having this nice touching scene, and he's like, so why why did you give me life? Like, what was what's up with that? You know? Yeah, because at this point, yeah, it's it's like Victor has to tell him, like, because at first Victor's like, "Do you remember? Yeah. What are your first memories?" And the you know the creature's like, "You know, I, I don't remember my early day." You know, and he's like, "Well, I made you. I I created you. I gave you life, and that's when like the creature is angry. Like he's like, what? You know why? Why you gave me these hands that have hurt so many people and this." face that scares people away from me you could have done a better well, job is what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah why why did you do that you have put me into the world and left me to suffer yeah. but then he kind of realizes like wait if if you made me you could make someone for me yes yeah you can make another one like me who will love me and you know who won't see what's wrong with me and be afraid makes sense i guess uh, to a degree yeah yeah, and, and Victor's like, you know, I can't. Like, it, it was wrong for me to have made you. I can't do that. And the creature's like, but you made me alone, and no one should have to be alone. Right. I want I want someone like you have. Yeah, and Victor still is resistant, and he's like, you can just, just kill me. Like, I don't, I'm not going to do it. Like, I, it's not happening. No, but of course the creature's like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to kill everyone around you until you're lonely like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's basically like... If, if you don't make my life more tolerable, right. then all the blood that I shed will be on your hands. Exactly. Like, And I'm just going to go on a killing spree. I'm going to kill everybody I see until I'm stopped. And you, you know, know what? Honestly, this is the this with this creature, that is a very reasonable request, I would say. Out of all the oh, other yeah. creatures we've dealt with, like even the uh, the Robert De Niro version, it's like, no, I get it. Yeah, I'll make you. I would make I would make this guy a, a companion. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And, and finally, you know, Victor does, you know, obviously that, that threat's a pretty intense threat. And Victor's like, okay, um, if I do this, what's, what are you going to, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and the creature's like, you know, no one will ever see us again. You know, we've obviously heard him say that in, in previous incarnations. Like, we'll, we'll go out into the middle of nowhere. We'll exist on our own. We'll have our own sort of little secluded cabin in the woods, basically. And, and no humans will lay eyes on us ever again. Yeah. And of course, Frankenstein's like, listen. All right, as long as you stop the killing, right, just stop the killing, you know, we'll, we'll do this. But just remember, I brought you into this world. I could take your ass out. <laughs> ah, Mom, I love yeah. you. No. <laughs> uh, uh, for everyone who's heard that line. Yeah. And so the creature kind of, you know, continues his threats a little bit. And he's like, all right, I'm going to let you go. You do this for me, but I'm going to be watching you. Yeah, if you cross me, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm going to wreck your shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, Victor's like, okay. And he leaves and he starts to, to work on creating the bride. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get some scenes with him where he's like, you know, he says like, I can't make the same mistake twice with this one. Like, she can't have the super strength that he does. Because right, it could pass uh, on to their progeny. It's like, I mean... Looking at if genetics were being considered, it's there's a 50-50 <laughs> shot it's going through anyway, you know? 
Yeah, 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 definitely. So then we have Elizabeth talking to Alphonse mm-hmm. about William, and you know Alphonse is like, I have to go back to Geneva. Like I can't be here anymore. Like you know, just I miss William, and just this place has not done good things to our family. I, I have to go. Yeah. Um, he can't. He can't. Uh, by the way, it's his birthday, and she brought him a birthday cake. Uh, mm. So it's the shittiest birthday he's ever had. Yeah, yeah. And so I think Elizabeth's like, okay, we all have to leave now. So she goes to try to talk to Victor, and he won't even open the door. Yeah. They have a conversation, like, through the door, and, you know, she's just he's like, like, I, I want to see you. And he's he's just like, nah, <laughs> bye. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he's like, I, I've got this experiment. I've got to finish it. Things can be better eventually, but right now this has to happen. Yeah. And she says a really good line where it's just, loneliness kills all love. Yeah. Which feels like, you know, definitely a, a nice sort of like epitaph for this whole movie. And that like that's what's going on with the creature as well. Yeah. So obviously their relationship's doing really well. <laughs> yeah. It's not on the rocks or anything. <laughs> so yeah, she walks away from there and we cut away to some kids who are playing hide and go seek. Mm-hmm. And you've got a little girl wearing Strong a blindfold. Strong. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. I thought the same thing. Uh, and so, you know, she's wearing a blindfold and the creature kind of walks up and sees her and she like tags him, but like, he obviously doesn't even really know what's going on. He's just like, here's somebody who can't see me, who could possibly be a friend. Uh, but when she touches him, he kind of like starts to move away from her and she starts to kind of pull the blindfold away, but he's gone. He's like, I'm not dealing with this again. (laughs) Yeah. And then we go back to Victor and Henry shows up and he actually, you know, goes in and talks to Victor. Victor actually lets him in as opposed to Elizabeth. And he's like, here, I got a letter for you from Elizabeth. And as he opens it, a ring falls out and hits the table. Clink, clink. (laughs) And so, yeah, you know what? You don't even need to read the letter. The the ring falling out tells you everything. This is Dear John, but my name's Victor. (laughs) Yeah, so he does He does read it, and basically she's like, I'm going back to Geneva. Like, I'm not waiting anymore. And so Victor is like, why, you know, why did you tell me what was going on, Henry? And he's like, we've been trying to right. tell you. Like, we, this is not, this shouldn't come as a surprise. Well, Liz has to stay here to take care of my dad. God. <laughs> well, I've got bad news like, for you, but your dad's gone yeah, your yesterday. Dad. Sorry. Yeah, you didn't even notice. Like, he's already left. Like, that's how checked out you are. Yeah. Yeah, so Victor's like, okay, so he rushes over to Elizabeth and is like, if you just be patient a little bit longer, I promise I'll make everything right. Like, it's just just a little longer. And she's like, you've used up all my patience. Well, like, I have none left for you. I appreciate in the, this one instance, he actually says, I cannot live without you. And then her response is so good because she just says, <laughs> you already do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have been living without me. <laughs> By the way, we yeah. didn't talk about this at the garden scene earlier. But um, when, it, when she actually is like, hey, I love you. And he just goes, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like straight up, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Ouch. Fair enough. But that's the kind of guy, you know, his mind is everywhere else except in the moment and where he needs to be. Yeah. So then Victor goes back to his place where Henry still is mm-hmm. and kind of like fills Henry in on everything that's happened. And here's another instance of Henry knowing more than he should he basically sees the bride and he's like, you made another monster. Yeah. How, do you, how did you know about the first one? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, did you give the first one a soul? Can you give her a soul? Like, wh- you know, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Like you're playing with forces way outside your control. Obviously Henry's just like, you need to stop. We need to not revive her. 
we need to go find the creature and stop him. Mm-hmm. And Victor's like, he could be watching us right now. You right. need to... Shut up. <laughs> you need to... Sh- yeah. He's too strong. Like, we can't risk this. Yeah. So they do go forward with the, you know, the revival scene. And again, we get the same spark scene yep. from, from Love before. It. Love <laughs> it. But this is different, though, because she immediately wakes up. Yeah, it's like the sparks are happening and she is just screaming in pain like the whole time yeah she's just like twitching and screaming then she just you know the spark stops she stops everything's quiet and the creature comes in and is like you know save her like he realizes something's happening you know she was awake and now she doesn't seem to be mm-hmm. and well, there's all this smoke that's sort of like clearing out turns out victor Vic- victor pulled a sneaky in that he revived <laughs> her only to keep her dead what yeah <laughs> what yeah he basically like od'd yeah. her on electricity yeah at the last minute, he realized, like, he couldn't do it. But he's still, he, you know, he talks to the creature, and he's like, forgive me. Like, please, like, learn to forgive. Like, I I could not do this. Well, I, I know. The, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, he's just like, I know, you know, you wanted this, and I understand, but it just, it, it couldn't be. Well, the creature still has the mind of a child, so he's like, <laughs> you broke a promise. You made mm. a promise, and you broke that promise. And he's not going to let that go because yeah. the monster also, or the creature also made a promise. Yeah. And, and he's going to keep, keep that promise no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. He says like, you will not be happy while I'm wretched. You will be alone. Like I'm alone. I will destroy all that you love. And then the line that we've heard many times before, I will be, be with you, you on your wedding night. Yep, Right from the book, baby. <laughs> By the way, what a great threat. <laughs> yeah. It's so ominous. Right. It's like, all right, you know, in your happiest moment, I'll be there and I'll have, you know, a weapon in hand ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, he is the weapon. He doesn't need anything. (laughs) Yeah. And we see that right away because we cut to uh henry (laughs) and like henry and the creature ends up he comes in you don't actually see him kill henry but it's pretty clear that that's what happened because then well he just busts through the damn door (laughs) he just (laughs) punches punches through and then just walks through the rest of it so it's like oh yeah Yeah, he's going to kill this guy yeah and then it's like he leaves and you see there's like a servant woman on the steps maybe a landlady and he attacks her as well yeah Uh, just an older lady that we've not seen before and he just um, drops her he, over the banister. He's like, all right, I'm yeah. just chucking you. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Victor is like rushing to try to get to Elizabeth. And he's like, okay, yes, go to go to Geneva. You were right. You need to get out of here. And she's like, wait, what's what's happening now? Something's changed. And he's like, Henry's dead. Something's going on. <laughs> like, there are things that I can't tell you right now, but like, you're not safe. Right. And Liz is uh, like, no, nah, we're sticking. I'm, I'm sticking with you wherever you are. I am. Yeah. So they end up they, you know, flee the town together and they end up in some small town and they decide to stop at an inn. And like Victor's still nervous because he's like the creature might be here. He may have followed us. Like we don't I don't know what he's capable of, but he's definitely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth's like, we're out in the middle of nowhere. You're, everything's fine. Why don't we, you know, why don't we get married here in this quaint yeah. little inn? It'll be perfect. Right. And I do love that the, this, like, boisterous, comical innkeeper is like, oh, yeah, the hot springs have dried up, you know. That's what we were known for because uh, this is part of an anime. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but the town's nice and quiet. You all can, you know, hang out here. Hey, are you, uh, you look like a nice little couple. Are you all married? Do you want to get married, huh? My, <laughs> my, my cousin, the mayor, well, my cousin on my sister's side, well, my cousin on my sister's mom's side, <laughs> or my wife's side, yeah, sister's side, something. He goes deep. Yeah. 
And so they, you know, they get him over there and they do the ceremony and they're married. But then after they finish the wedding, he's like, all right, but so the last thing is you got to sign the big town book. Right. This is a very weird hill to die on. It's like, no, you have to sign the book. We, we worship yeah, I don't. Him. They tell him like it's your wedding is not legal until you've signed this. So I, it's yeah, it seems strange, but basically they're like you, and and they kind of like Victor's like I'll, I'll do it in the morning, yeah. and you know they're like no because you're not married then, right. so like obviously you won't be staying the night in a room together because yeah, right. you know this is the 1800s. Yeah. So 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 Victor's like okay, fine, right? Uh, and, and Elizabeth's we're, like we're holding your nuptials uh, hostage here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and elizabeth's like it's just across the street it's fine you know i'll go up to the room you'll, you'll be back in a few minutes yeah just lock the door uh, though liz you know just yeah. lock the door please yeah so then we get he he leaves elizabeth goes upstairs she's sort of like getting ready for for bed you know for post-wedding bedtime you know she's kind of like figuring out what she's gonna wear and you know walking around the room and just kind of getting the atmosphere right and we see the creature looking through the window watching her yeah bad sign yeah yeah and so we don't see what happens, but then we just get Victor arriving back at the room. Uh, and, you know, he, it's like one of those things. It's like, a honey, I'm home. And he's like talking to her hey, and then the, the sees. Door's, uh, the door's not locked, babe. I told you to lock the door. <laughs> and then he sees her on the floor, uh, you know, rushes over to her, but but she's dead. Mm-hmm. And then let, so he, you know, obviously he knows what's happened. And he stands up and sees out the window. There's the creature in the street. Yeah. We're looking up at him. He's like, I did that. Degree. <laughs> yeah so then you know he he rushes out into the street to to chase after him and then we get this sort of like elaborate sort of cat and mouse scene and like you can tell like the budget you can tell here that like yeah. this set is very limited they're they're making use of what they have but it, it works pretty well and it's like the an elaborate sort of cat and mouse where they're kind of chasing after each other hiding yeah it, Right. You know those scenes in like action movies where like they're hiding behind the pole, like yelling at each other, holding guns and stuff. It's it feels like that. Yeah. But well, the monsters uh, like are the creatures like popping out every once in a while to give some snark to Frankenstein, and he kind of snarls at him and then ducks down. So it's like yeah, if if either of these guys come face to face, they're going to kill each other. Yeah. But then before that could happen, Victor like slips and falls. Like he kind of <laughs> it's like a curb or something. It's it's kind of silly, but yeah. He, he like takes a step off a ledge, a very precarious ledge to begin with, and there's some mm. um, rebar sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> well, he lands on that rebar. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, if there's rebar sticking out, somebody's gonna get impaled on mm-hmm. it. It's it's um, it's an and- unwritten rule. <laughs> yeah. And so as soon as that happens, like everything changes, you know, the creature's like, we had this thing going on, but like, I didn't really want you to, you know, like, so he rushes over, well, he it's picks more him like, up. I didn't want you to die on accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he, he says, like, you can't die. I can't live without you now. And so, like, there's obviously the echo of, like, Victor saying that earlier to Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. But then Victor, all the sort of, like, wind comes out of his sails, too. Like, he's just like, go, if, go into the mountains. Live and, your life. And, yeah, you can be free there. But forgive people. Yeah, and, and the creature's like, I can never be free. And Victor accepts responsibility for this and is like, this is all my fault. Like, I didn't teach you. I wasn't there for you. But you can't, you know, you can... You can learn to forgive, you know, give up on revenge and move on with your life. And then the creature is like, Victor, forgive me. Like, you know, I've done all these things to you. I I need your forgiveness before I can forgive. Uh, And then he just says, I cry. And I don't know if there's something about that that's, it feels really kind of, it's like childish to like say that, but it also, it felt like 
it just felt so right in that moment uh and yeah it was really heartbreaking yeah and of course you know he picks up victor's body to start carrying him away but as humans do the guards uh start investigating what has happened and they see this massive monster carrying the body of Victor Frankenstein. And in this moment, the monster, I think, resolves to uh, either end it or uh, cause them to end it. And puts Victor down, snarls at them, acts like he's going to charge them. They open fire. But this doesn't do it. Yeah, and it's like, like they hit him a couple times and nothing happens. And then, like, he kind of moves forward and they fire a bunch again uh, and it, yeah like you said it, it this feels like the you know the the suicide by cop thing yeah. like it doesn't i don't think he was going to attack the police yeah. i think he wanted this to happen yeah. uh, but of and, course he's now he's slowing down so he's like all right i'm gonna pick up victor's body one more time and carry it off maybe we'll both die together and of course whenever he's going up the stairs there's one more guard with a rifle then fires the final fatal shot mm-hmm. and so yeah he falls falls dead with victor in his arms uh and just says forgive me and and it ends that way so like yep. yeah it's it like you said this is the most tragic version of this we've seen mm-hmm. you know i mean like in in every instance like the creature feels like he's tr- mistreated unjustly but in this case it's like even more so like at no point did he in maliciously like, i guess elizabeth but yeah it's just like ev- everything just sort of like conspires against and it's like victor even wants good for the creature but it just like you said it's just yeah. they keep trying to help each other and it just it, they can't it just for whatever reason things don't work out and that felt more tragic that it wasn't like a creator giving up on his creation it was just he couldn't help him the way he wanted to but well, yeah just the circumstances of the world kept them apart and yeah it just he, yeah, here's the one just, thing i would have li- i would have liked to seen this i mean don't get me wrong i appreciate the tragedy you know it's it's very poetic very beautiful i wonder what would have happened how, I would have liked to see the movie where Victor goes through with creating the bride. Yeah. You know, maybe it ends badly where she rejects the monster and then we have Bride of Frankenstein all over again. Uh, but maybe, you know, maybe something nice happens. And of all the creatures, like, this one deserves something nice yeah. more than any. Yep. Like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate uh, the, the Karloff monster and I appreciate the De Niro monster. But they they did go where the book goes and they they internalized the evil and decided to project it out. <laughs> Whereas this one was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to be a big, big, soft, you know, lovable person. It definitely felt like the people making this love the monster, yeah. you know, like they were trying to give us the pure, most good hearted version of the monster we've seen, yeah. which makes, you know, the ending all the more tragic. Exactly. So, yeah, they, they definitely succeeded at pulling our heartstrings on this one. Yeah, well, we did not get a, uh abrupt ending, unfortunately. We didn't get any science <laughs> wheels, but we did no. get a pretty, pretty solid Frankenstein adaptation. Uh, absolutely. Is there anything else? Or does that cover it? No, where can they find us, Anthony? Well, so by the time this comes out, uh, in addition to Twitter and Instagram and Gmail at the Frankencast the that we, we tell you often, you can also find us at patreon <gasps> we got um, a patreon i i think i think it's ready we're ready to launch right. so I, I it should be patreon.com slash the frankencast mm-hmm. and um we've already got a couple episodes ready so the, the first episode should be 
there by now. We'll probably be talking about it on social media as well. So I will give you like a little rundown of what to expect over there so you can kind of make your decision about what you want. Um, So like the lowest tier is $3 a month and it will be two bonus episodes, which will just kind of be whatever we feel like talking about. Just kind of Frankenstein related, maybe not Frankenstein related. We might do movie recommendations. In this particular instance, this month, we're going to, we have an episode that's called What's Frankenstein? Sort of like a spiritual sequel to our Why Frankenstein Mm -hmm. episode where we discuss like what counts as a Frankenstein movie. And we go down some very strange rabbit holes. We do. We do. (laughs) Uh, and it ends with the like biggest like laugh moment of any episode of this we've ever recorded. So hopefully you, you don't want to miss that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other episode that'll be showing up later this month on that feed is uh, us pitching uh, what we would like to see from like you know since the dark universe thing kind of tanked where we would like to see Frankenstein going. We kind of both pitch ideas for like a franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, that uh, was, that so was much a lot fun. of fun. So much fun. I could do that all day. I think we both, we ended up liking each other right. better than our own by the end of it. Yep. So it worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so then the next tier up is like $5 a month and you get two more beyond those two. And here we're going to kind of try to do some like ongoing series for right now. What we're going to be doing is like a book club where we go slowly through Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the, the book, uh, and, another thing where we go through the monsters we're going to kind of do like and like two episodes at a time uh and kind of make it our way through that which will kind of you know lead into the upcoming monster movie coming out um so that'll be kind of exciting to revisit the the original before we get this this new interpretation right the rob zombie yes yeah those will be coming over the course of the month and so right now we're just going to start with those two tiers uh if that sounds like something you're interested in you know definitely you know, we'd love to have you on board and we've got plans that we might like extend to some bigger tiers, assuming that the interest is there. Like we don't want to start recording a bunch of long episodes and spending tons and tons of time if, if there's not really the interest. Right. Um, Because trust me, we can go down some weird rabbit holes (laughs) and we're planning on it. If, uh, if the interest is there. Yeah. So if that sounds like something you would be curious about, like definitely join, definitely tell your friends. Uh, you know, we obviously are always saying like, you know, rate and review and share with your friends and stuff. Gotta but, piece you know, that now more than ever. Yeah. 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 Now more than ever, like if you do that, it, it's going to have an impact on like where the show goes. Yeah. So yeah, definitely do that. And, and we're excited to hopefully see some of you over there on Patreon. Absolutely. Uh, I'm so excited for it. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm yeah. ready to do some wacky, wacky stuff. Yeah, I, like I really love the format we're doing in the main show, but it's going to be nice to have some opportunities to kind of diverge from that a little bit too. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Well, I've uh, got these weird scars on my skin, Anthony. I'm feeling <laughs> a little uh, patchy. <laughs> yeah. So, so next week we're doing. This is probably a lesser known movie. It's, it's pretty recent. Um, but it's one of my favorite of, of like recent adaptations. It's called Patchwork. It's very different. Like it's not a traditional Frankenstein interpretation. It's, it involves like sort of like a bride kind of character, like a, a female creature made from, but it's, I I don't want to give anything away until we get into it next week, but it has a really, really interesting sort of hook to the story that I've never seen done before or since. And it's really, really cool. Um, so that, uh, is actually on Tubi now. I just checked because it used to be on Shutter, and it looks like it's not anymore. Aww. But but it is on Tubi, so I would recommend checking that one out beforehand because it's it's a lot of fun. Yep, I'm ready to see it. 
So join us next week for that. Fair enough. And as always, to be continued. Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening. I'll get that all fixed in. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs>